Selling your car on cars.com is so fast. It's like the dealer is in your own backyard. Get the best offer instantly, confirm with the dealer, and the money's yours. Cars.com is magical. Tap to sell on cars.com today. Welcome in, everyone. This is Forging the Falcons. We are live on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, I'm your host, Scott Kennedy. I go by Scout Kennedy on Twitter. <clears throat> kind of a play on words when I worked for Scout.com for so long. Uh, Nick Kendall, uh, at Nick Kendall, MHH, good friend, waking up bright and early to join us from Seattle. I'm in Atlanta. Nick is in Seattle. We are coast to coast this morning. Nick, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. I'm getting pretty ticked off at the <laughs> the weather report for this weekend, and I'm glad I can get upset about that because of uh, everything going on in the world right now. But it looks like it's going to be cold and rainy, and we might have to kind of switch things around. But is what it is. Uh, if this means that we're not going to be choking with wildfire smoke come August and September, I'll take the trade. Um, that's what I'm telling myself right now to cope with it. But uh, other than that, I'm doing pretty well and happy it's hump day and uh, that that much closer to the weekend. Yeah, it um, it's that I got I got two days left. Tomorrow is like the last day, and actually, because we drive tomorrow of of elementary school, so that's kind of the the big thing. We get a the elementary school bus comes at about six fifty. The middle school bus comes at about 8.30. So that's a considerable difference. It really is. Not that it's going to matter to me. My, you know, I've been waking up at about 6.30 for about 11 years in a row now. So not that big a deal. But it's nice knowing you don't have to get up. Yeah. Uh, let's say hello to a couple folks here. Dominic uh, Jaramillo coming in early. Say so good morning, Scott and Nick, on some Broncos country. This is, yep, we'll be talking Falcons today. We'll hit some Broncos too. We hit a lot of fans. So we get, yeah. we get with, with my channel being popular with, uh, fans of all teams because of the highlights and stuff I do for senior bowl and draft stuff that Nick and I do, we get fans from everywhere. This will be a Falcons centric show, but we also hit on different things, including, um, the power rankings, the uh, the redraft and how it affects. And if you have a question for a different team, certainly feel free to ask. Nick and I are both fans of the process. Yeah. Luke coming in saying, uh, morning, Nick and Scott, how are we doing? I'm doing good. I'm going to, you'll be able to tell when, uh, when the coffee kicks, this is uh this is sip one. Jeremy Sean says, good morning. Good morning, Jeremy. Philip Hogginson coming in. Good morning, everyone. Ethan, the DWI guys. Good morning, my friend. Good afternoon over in London, my friend. Kevin Mapp coming in on Facebook, joining us. So welcome, Kevin. And Dave over on YouTube, another loyal Falcon fan. So want to get into this a little bit, Nick. Uh, I want to start off with the power rankings because, again, I, I feel like it's almost my civic duty to Atlanta Falcons fans to warn them because there's a lot of local press. You kind of say, oh, the draft was great and we brought in new players and hope springs eternal. I don't want to mean to be Debbie Downer. I just want to set expectations a little more realistically, frankly, because I am a fan of Arthur Smith. I think he did a fantastic job last year. And if the Falcons come out and are three and 14, I want you to know it's not on Arthur Smith. This roster is not set up to succeed yet. Yet. Yeah. Nick. Yeah. This Falcons team. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. This is the team that we were screaming, you know, when we first did the show, it's like, I don't want to sugarcoat it with you guys looking at the depth chart and watching this team, not a lot of building blocks or difference makers on either side of the ball. Mm -hmm. um, and the way the cap was set up with Matt Ryan, they're still there and everything. You probably needed to be a team that understood where you were, agreed to the process, took a step back to take two steps, three steps, four steps forward. 
Um, kind of like what we've seen. We haven't seen how the process played out yet, but the Browns did that a few years ago. They've dug themselves out of p- perennially picking number one. Hasn't found themselves to be elite yet because you have to get that quarterback, but uh, still in a better spot. And uh, the one team that's in the midst of that process is the Detroit Lions. And by all accounts, I mean, they really seem to like be pushing forward. So Falcons, even though Arthur Smith hasn't been enabled, I would say you have to understand what the roster is uh, setting up and what's speaking to you. And it's the fact is this is probably a bottom five team this year on paper. Anything above that is, you know, shout out to the players, the culture and the coach. But in reality, maybe you don't want to be above that record wise. You want to be like the opposite of last year where um, you won some one possession games. Maybe you want to lose those dice roll games. So that way you're higher up the draft board. And I know some people will say that's a loser mentality, blah, blah, blah. It's not going to feel like that when if you have a chance at a generational franchise quarterback. Well, in um, Roddy White, uh, legendary Falcons receiver, first former first round draft pick wrestler. He was a wrestler also uh, out of UAB. Yeah. Um, he did an interview on AtlantaFalcons.com, and he was saying, you know, I thought that he, he just repeating what we're saying, but it means more coming from Roddy White. Typically, sometimes these guys, when they're getting the former Falcons being interviewed by Falcons for a Falcons channel, everything free. Um, can be a little rosy. But he says, I thought Arthur Smith did a fantastic job winning those close games and showing what they could do because he said, I thought we should have won two or three games last year, um, which honestly was about right. Um, so he, you know, he says they're going to surprise some people. I, I just, I think they're a year away. And, and again, Peter, uh, Peter King, he comes in, he came out with his, uh, his NFL power rankings. And I believe we've, we already talked about this with ESPN. We've talked about it with, with, uh, we may have done, uh, NFL.com as well. And I believe it, they both started with a three as yeah. in not number three, but 30, 31, 32. Peter King has a Falcons 30. Um, he has them 30 says, uh, just talking about, it should be entertaining to watch Marcus Mariota will start. And then Desmond Ritter will play some at point unless Mariota's uncharacteristically efficient. There's some interesting pieces in tight end, um, Kyle Pitts and Drake London. And, and that's the kind of thing, again, you want it to be fun. It should be, it should be having a, another true number one out there. Um, if that's what, what you're hoping for when you're drafting a, a guy, you know, number eight overall in the first wide receiver taken off the board, you're hoping he's going to be a number one, that uh, it sh- there should be some options in the passing game. The, the reason why you're just not as hopeful for the team week in and week out is because the trenches still aren't good. You know, they, they have not addressed the offensive and defensive lines well enough in order to say, okay, we're going to get consistent pressure. We're going to be able to stop the run. We're going to be able to run when we want to, and we're going to be able to protect the quarterback. Those still haven't been done. Uh, but rip the Band-Aid off. Get rid of Matt Ryan. 100 million plus in, in salary cap room next year, and 2023 is when you start coming out cooking. You think 30 sounds about fair. He's got 30 for Atlanta, 31 Carolina, 32 Houston. Can you say that's a couple of teams above them too? Sure. Uh, Jacksonville at 29. I, I would probably take the Falcons over Jacksonville. Um, that doesn't Coin mean flip. that doesn't mean I would, uh, I would, um, move them up. I would just probably move Jacksonville down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the bears at 28, the jets at 27, the commanders at 26, Seattle, 25. Sounds about right. Um, a few of those teams, I really prefer typically to put these in tiers because uh, you have guys that are so close clustered together that if you put them ordinal, doesn't really line up as much. But uh, 30th makes sense. You could argue them worse than the Jags. You could argue the Bears, too. I think the Bears are 
terrible roster wise. That might honestly be the worst roster in football. Um, so really bad. God, Daryl Mooney. I mean, God, the only guy they got on that team that uh, I too super value. But uh, and then there's the stuff. I don't know if you've seen the Roquan Smith stuff coming out here recently. Is he, talk, is he talking about wanting to come, wanting to leave, or, or uh, there's some, trouble? There's, there's no, some, there's never good news this time of year. There's some rape allegation stuff coming yeah, out I, we said that we said that earlier this week nick on on broncos for breakfast i'm like you do not want to be in the headlines this time of year the, the mm-hmm. news is always bad it's always yeah. bad so uh, but 30th makes sense for the falcons and you touched on it um i think they're doing a good job building in a lot of areas and i know that you were not you both of us were not a super big fan of going wide receiver there in that eight spot but that drake london is still super young you're building skyscraper wide receivers where the the nfl is tending to get a lot smaller in the defensive backfield. I mean, with so much off coverage going on right now, you have guys like uh, Darius Williams, who was just signed a decent contract with the Jags playing boundary cornerback because you're not using them in press as much, but you have Drake London out there. <laughs> you can't put that small cornerback out there. Otherwise you're just going to play pitch and catch literally. So um, I I'm excited to see what they're doing there. And uh, I thought they killed it day two. So the Falcons up and coming, but uh, definitely two steps back to go three, four steps forward in the future. Hopefully. Well, I, um, I once had a defensive back told, told, tell me, says you can get away with one of those smaller cornerbacks on the field. One, you can mm-hmm. hide him. You can match him up and do those type of things. Um, it'll be tougher if you're throwing out guys and the Falcons will be able to do that this year. Uh, you know, all the receivers are going to be six, three plus, you know, for yeah. the most part, then, uh, you know, dropping uh, Alameda Zacchaeus in the slot will change things up a little bit. I mean, even, if you line up Cordero Patterson in the slot, for goodness sakes, you know, let him play some wide receiver. Uh, I want to say good morning to Mark Schrader. Mark, hope uh, the weather has been treating you well. Um, Nick looks like he saw a squirrel. You know, hey, squirrel. I just saw an osprey fly over with a fish. That oh, was that's awesome. So cool. that was, oh, my God. You got to get the camera out. You got to get the, yeah. you got to, you can, you can make us a little seasick. And if, if you can yeah. move it over, that's awesome. That was really cool. Uh, I'm going to come <laughs> stay with you. I, well, before you move, I might have to come stay with you. I got a 400 millimeter lens and, uh, and have taken lots of cool shots over the years. So very cool. You're allowed to be distracted by that. Uh, yeah, I was don't, like, holy shit, what's going on? It's coming right for really... me. It's a pterodactyl. Yeah, got it. Um, the, uh, the day two pick that I really like is, is Troy Anderson and um, yeah. at linebacker. Uh, you know, losing uh, Foye Luakon is, is, I'd say it's tough. You know, you're having a guy who comes in as a six-round pick and ends up leading the league in tackles. That's a really good job from the scouting and development department. Shout out to Thomas Dimitrov, since I usually only say his name in vain. Um, but his his staff did a good job with that draft. Uh, and he got paid. But he was undersized. You know, he was, you know, he was yeah. playing at 215 or so. Um, Troy Anderson's going to play closer to 250. Um, and he's faster. Um, he's, you know, he's running in the four fours with uh, shuttle time. Now, will he have the instincts immediately to lead the team in tackles? Maybe. But I, I think you've got... Foye made some plays. He did. He made some key interceptions and some tackles for losses. But I think you've got more big play potential, the force fumble potential from a little bit more mass coming in at that speed that uh, I really like. I feel like the defense is coming together a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still some gaping holes there, specifically at safety. If you can get Jalen Hawkins and Richie Grant to step up, that would be nice. Yeah. But I, I love the Casey Hayward addition. And then uh, you you address, you went after edge rushers. You, hopefully, you know they pan out. But counting on you know untested rookies can be tough. Yeah, uh, you need multiple edge rushers anyway. Um, you could still use another one. I mean, you need three or four rotational. So it's 
I have no issue with that. I'm excited. My favorite pick of the, the whole draft for the Falcons was uh, Ebiketti. Um, mm-hmm. I have, you know how much I loved Arnold Ebiketti coming out, and he's a ball of fire. He's going to bring a lot of tenacity to that defense. Should be a monumental upgrade on Stephen Means. Um, so we'll see how that one works. I don't know what's Stephen Means, one of your favorites from last year, Scott. Hey, not Nothing against Stephen Means, honestly, and especially since – I saw a guy I worked with trending, uh, Grant Cohn, this morning. Yeah, Javon yeah. I consider Grant's been on this channel before. I consider Grant a friend, and um, yeah. Grant gets Grant likes to play a bit every so often and pushes the line a little bit. And and one of the players went after him. So I mean, it's nothing against Stephen Means. I, I I have been tough on his production, but that's not. It's not Steven Means' fault that he's not necessarily good enough to be an every-down player in the NFL. That's the fault of the Atlanta Falcons for not being able to do better than Steven Means. Steven Means went out there and did his best. Yeah. You know, uh, if I went out there and tried, I, I'm not good enough. That doesn't mean I, I, I that I'm a, a bad person. I have nothing against Steven Means, but it would literally be impossible. I mean, it's statistically impossible to do worse than he did last year. So you're 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 going to get an upgrade at one of the edge positions by a f- default. I mean, 14 starts and two quarterback hits, um, no tackles for loss, maybe one, maybe one tackle for loss, but he hit the quarterback twice and it was the same game and 14 starts from an edge position. Come on, you know, no, that'll get better. That that has to get better. Yeah. Um, but I'm still worried about the nose guard position. I'm still worried about the other defensive end position opposite Grady Jarrett. Um, Lorenzo Carter could be an upgrade on Dante Fowler, but he's hot and cold. He's not exactly a, uh, a, an every down stalwart at the other edge position. And the two safeties are still big question marks. Uh, I like the linebackers. I really do. Um, we'll see what happens with Deion Jones. Even if Deion Jones is gone, which could happen June 1st, when you, you, you cut his sap num- cap cap number in half. Yeah. Um, but then, um, the, the and the corners the corners should be the 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 strongest part of this team yeah and i have a question for you about the corners actually so uh the falcons retain isaiah oliver who actually looked pretty darn good in the slot last year and a one-year cheap contract I, that's that's good business those are the kind of deals that don't break the bank and uh kind of that second third tier guys tend to over uh perform their contracts and contrast to the you know tier one guys that get the massive contracts and kevin Mapp coming in here saying 2023 is going to be our beginning 2022 is the beginning yeah you this is maybe not the beginning you want sometimes but uh it's be- actually last year was the beginning you kind of took the lumps last year you you fell down mm, a bit you traded matt I, ryan i feel like this is it this i feel like 2022 is, is is bottom is rock bottom i mean 2020 felt like rock bottom um but now it's going to go back down this year. I, yeah. Again, I, I don't see seven wins this year. So the check mark is going to be going down and then it should, but because of the, the moves you made with, with Matt Ryan and the salary cap, yeah, you got gasoline to pour on the, on the, the rebuild fire. Yeah. Uh, it no took one a couple years around here. I don't know why just, yeah, we're, we, we, we're retooling. We're, we, we're reshuffling. We're reloading, we're rebuilding the roster. I mean, I know the yeah. PR thing, but we're not dumb. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, I think timeline-wise, though, you still, you know, Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot coming at the same time. Kyle Pitts kind of starting that new new era, so to speak. So either way, though, things should go get worse before they get better, production-wise, record-wise. But that doesn't mean the actual long-term projection of the team is worse. Hate to say it, and I saw it on your channel are responding. People responding to you on Twitter. This Falcons team went seven and ten last year. That means they should at least go nine and eight this year. 
that was a team that was built on a lot of one possession wins and, and uh, a lot and of schedules tougher. Yep. The schedule is tougher. A lot of blowout uh, losses as well. So it's no disrespect to these guys. If they play better than that this year, that's fine. But this team and shout out. I mean, I'm really curious to see what Matt Ryan does this year, but I feel like the step back from Matt Ryan to Mariota, even though you are adding a little bit of mobility in contrast to Matt Ryan, probably going to be felt. Um, I think people are going to understand like, Oh, Matt Ryan actually was pretty darn competent in holding this thing together. So uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, his ability pre-snap was solid too. Yeah. Very smart. Good. I mean, gosh, love Matt Ryan. Other than the fact that he spurned the Iowa Hawkeyes for Boston college on signing day way back when, um, but I digress. Uh, question for you. You mentioned the cornerback room. You like the cornerback room and I have Casey Hayward. Uh, the Falcons signed him this year to what was it, like a $6.6 million contract over two uh, years. Point. It wasn't, it wasn't much. Yeah. 5.5. Yeah. That being said, um, Hayward, the way it looks right now for the comp compensatory picks, it looks like he might have canceled out your uh, foyer Luicon compensatory pick. I know it's happy to have Hayward, but given where this team is right now with the Falcons, given the draft capital that you need, is it is that was that a smart investment get foregoing that extra? I mean, it's again, it's a fourth round compensatory pick. It's not a third round one, um, which essentially is a fifth round pick, but still. Um, you could have rolled over a little bit more cap room and you could have gotten one more additional tradable asset uh, as opposed to signing uh, Casey Hayward. Oh, I don't know. I think there's something between not even trying and, yeah. you know, it's like you're going to be bad anyway, but at least at least make it look like you're trying. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know how to I don't really quite know how to articulate this, but. You know, I'm not concerned over a fourth round pick so much as I am concerned about if you're running um, Fabian Moreau out there again, I, uh -huh. I then you're not trying. You're you're that that is an obvious. We are going to stink. You know, I'm, I'm willing to give Jalen Mayfield one more year. Mm -hmm. If if Jalen Mayfield is as bad in the second year and as he was early, you know, even in the first half and you don't do anything, I'm questioning your ability to connect with fans. We've talked about that before. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you run Fabian Moreau out there again, as bad as he was last season as number one corner and just watch them demoral, you know, get demoralized on the edge and in pass plays. It's, it can sink a franchise. I mean, it just, you know, this, the Atlanta Falcons fans, I, I looked it up. Someone says, Oh, we're not going to be the D Detroit lions on, on, in the comments on my, on the Facebook page. I was like, the, the Detroit Lions have a better all-time winning percentage than the Falcons. The Falcons are third worst all-time. You know, we get we get called, you know, fickle fans here in Atlanta sports. We've had some really crappy franchises, yeah. you know, for a long, long time. Um, led by, you know, the Atlanta Falcons are probably the worst of the lot. Um, so it's a it's a fan base that will be there for you if you put forth the effort. If you at least look like you're trying, we'll understand, but that's, that's again, that's what I want to try. And they, they came out last year and we're talking when now this, when now that and drafting Kyle Pitts was a win now move. And it, it wasn't. And then every single move they made was showing for a rebuild, but fans only hear, you know, the casual fans hear the talking points. I just don't want that backlash on social media, on talk radio and all that stuff when this team comes out and goes four and 13 at best, you know, I, I want, I, I would like to see the support because 2023 is going to be fun. Give this, give this group two years and then we'll talk. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. And I mean, two and, more years. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Building on this one. So it'll be interesting to see. 
And uh, the one thing that's unfortunate with the Falcons is you kind of are racing to the bottom against the Panthers. Um, I'm really curious. We, at some point, we need to kind of tease apart this Panthers-Falcons thing going on here because whoever comes last might be the team that walks out with uh, Bryce Young versus, you know, quarterback three in this class, which could be a significant difference. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. But Falcons, there, you know. There is good talk about Desmond Ritter. You know, the, the best thing in the world would be if Desmond Ritter plays up to and above the level of where he was drafted. And now you've got a piece to trade away or, you know, you can think you can go Will Anderson. You know, someone, when I talked about that, someone said they'll, they'd never trade away the rights to Will Anderson. I said, you offer me three first round draft picks and I'd trade, you know, I'd probably trade family members, you know? So um, I'm talking a haul, an absolute haul. Um, will the offensive line be good enough for a rookie quarterback to go in and look competent? You know, Trevor Lawrence was as good a quarterback prospect as there's been in 10 years. I, I like to say going back probably to Andrew Luck for me, um, for the guys that I've watched. And, um, you know, he didn't he didn't look good. It's not supposed to. That Jacksonville Jaguars team was terrible. Um, you know, but, you know, all oh, this rookie class was garbage. All the hype, all the hype this. I'm like, those guys went to bad teams. <laughs> the one that was getting all the, 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 the talk was Mac Jones, who went to the Patriots. You mean the quarterback of the Patriots looked better than the quarterback of the Jaguars? No kidding. Let's switch places and tell me if, yeah. Pat, if Mac Jones even so, survives 2021. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, it will be interesting. We're going to have a lot of – I'm really happy to be part of this Falcons process as well because the Broncos trading away their first-round, second-round pick next year means that I can still enjoy uh, the top talent next year and uh, scout them as well. So it will be a lot of fun. Um, but it's, it's the reality of the Falcons right now. I do think that this is the team stepping forward, but you hit on it. Um, how good can Mariota be? Peter King hit that one. He might be more efficient. I do think that the mobility will help a lot with Arthur Smith's scheme, so, so to speak, but I still a step back from uh, Matt Ryan. Offensive line, still a massive question mark. Uh, I don't think they're going to be as bad as last year, but they're probably still going to be a bottom 10 unit. Uh, your wide receivers, I like that you got Drake London. Love Kyle Pitts, but the depth of the wide receiver core is questionable. Um, and then you mentioned on the secondary, I think the front seven has some good young pieces. They could use some more meat um, on the interior, though, all, all across the board there. And uh, safety is unknown. So this is a team that, you know, right now, I think probably four wins about there. Uh, what did we do? Did we go game by game with the schedule? We, we did. And I think I went two and 15. I think I went four. And yeah, uh, I think I went two 13. and 15, maybe three. We did that. Did that last week. Uh, real yeah. quick before we move on, I want to I want to talk a little bit some some historical stuff here. The 2018 draft. It's that time of year. Yeah. Um, it was an NFL. It was PFF just regraded the draft, and Bleacher Report did a a regrade of the first round and basically a redraft of the first round, which I think uh, which I think was interesting. Um, it seemed like ten years ago that the Falcons were drafting as late as 26. Um, but in 18 coming off the 2017 season, but real quick, uh, I want to post this link, this, uh, I finally took this, this, uh, the audio from this show and, uh, turn it into the podcast. So, you know, we got a year under our belts. So we are now on Apple pods. We are now on Spotify. We are on Google pods, wherever you get your pods. Uh, I posted a link in the chat. So, um, you know, make sure you're, however you get your podcast, there's uh, Apple right there and I'll put it in the description, uh, after the fact. So um, going back to, let me go to, to Bleach Report's article first. And they they did a redraft, and uh, Josh Allen went one, Kyle, and um, Lamar Jackson went two, and then Quentin Nelson, a guard, went three. 
um, which goes back to the the discussion that you and I have had, um, you know, as far as positional value and, you know, how I say, I agree, I agree with you. Don't get me wrong. I, I did this yeah. for a long time. We actually calculated numbers and we gave less points to different positions. Yep. <laughs> um, but selling your car on cars.com is so fast. It's like the dealer is in your own backyard. Get the best offer instantly, confirm with the dealer, and the money's yours. Cars.com is magical. Tap to sell on cars.com today. There is no value, so to speak, worry about a positional value for a game changer. And, mm-hmm. and Quentin Nelson was, and as a regrade, was the number three pick. And he is, he's a game changer. He's going to get paid like an offensive tackle. Um, you know, to your point, if you miss on him, you're kind of screwed. You know, yep. you're, you've got a guard. Okay. And, and he's, a, but they didn't hit and he's, they were derided for taking him. I, I say this because my pick for the Falcons in this class was a safety at number eight mm-hmm. uh, was Kyle Hamilton. And he went to the Ravens and could become the next Ed Reed. I will judge the Drake London pick on two things. One Drake London two Kyle Hamilton, two and a half Grady or um, uh, Jordan Davis. Maybe a little bit too. Uh, talking about getting some meat up there on the front, you talk about changing what that entire complexion looks like. Adding Jordan Davis there, so um, that's another one. But you know, you're you're right. Uh, I was definitely a Quinn Nelson detractor because mm-hmm. of the positional value, just because of the risk involved, mm-hmm. and because even, I mean, a singular tackle can only move the needle so much. And then it, you talk about a supremely devalued position compared to the tackle at guard. Um, just too much risk for me to pallet, especially when the Broncos were meandering the desert of quarterback purgatory. I said, if there's any position down there, what I wanted them to do, honestly, if they were going to stick, if they were not going to take a quarterback at five, I wanted them to trade back from five Broncos speaking here, um, trade back from five and either pick up Derwin James or Jay or Alexander would have been pretty nice too. In hindsight, I liked both of those guys. Um, so, uh, is what it is, but Nelson's been amazing there. Uh, definitely a, a force multiplier along that offensive line for the Colts. Uh, the Colts maybe are going to be starting a third-round left tackle this season in Bernard Raymond, uh, but Quentin Nelson should help him a lot um, with that draft. So um, good to see Quentin Nelson going that high. Um, again, I was he was too much of a risk, given his position, for me to take him top five in the draft, but uh, he hit. You know, maybe a narrow path, but he's he's hit. And uh, again, so Hamilton's in that same vein. You wouldn't want to take a safety in the top 10, but if he turns into Ed Reed, you know, no. you're you're pretty happy. You know, you've got a game changer. If I can get a game changer, I'm not worried about the position. Can he be a game changer, though? You don't know for a fact that you're getting Ed Reed. Um, so that becomes the big question. I liked my chances there. And a little bit of it had to do with, you know, him being from here. No. Uh, you know, an Atlanta kid, I think, can resonate with the with the fans a little bit more and you have to when you're the falcons you have to think about that kind of thing a little bit more often just a little yeah. bit um can you just because you know it's not you, you got to reconnect with these fans you do especially after you've killed your stadium atmosphere with overpricing the lower bowl and psls and all that kind of stuff so james coming in saying good morning good morning james welcome in Good morning, James. Dave, also, is it really fair to judge London on how well he does compared to Hamilton? One is playing for a proven organization. The other is clearly not. I think you meant to say clearly not there. Um, 
you're still going to have to compare them because what else do you have to go on? Maybe year one, you want to give them a little bit of time to breathe. You know, it's like going through the first, you receive your midterm grade uh, versus, you know, long-term. But uh, I think we can go step-by-step step and kind of evaluate uh, how each player is doing. And and mine were basically, uh, if not statements in old coding or if then statements in coding. If mm. London hits, I don't care how Hamilton does. So I'm not comparing them to each other. If London hits and he's good, then it doesn't matter to me. You hit. Good. Good pick. If he doesn't hit, I'm going to take a look at Kyle Hamilton and see if he did hit. If if if, if it's that way, then I said, well, you, you should have taken Kyle Hamilton. So I if you hit on your pick, I'm okay with it. You did. Yeah. Uh, it just This is probably the most extreme example possible. Uh, but this is an example I'm going to use. Is an early 80s. Uh, number one overall was Akeem Olajuwon. I don't remember if that was 81, 82, 83. It might have been 83. Number one was, was Akeem Olajuwon. Number two was Sam Bowie. Number three was Michael Jordan. Okay? I am not going to derail or give any flack to the Houston Rockets for taking the dream at all. It doesn't matter that Michael Jordan turned out to be Michael Jordan. You hit dead on with Akeem Olajuwon. Yeah. Now the Sam Bowie thing was bad. <laughs> That's who I give trouble to. That was a miss. So yeah, um, yeah Dave, I uh, it's not. I'm not comparing him to Hamilton. Different positions, different franchises. If London hits, then I'll, I will. I will say that was a. I'm not going to necessarily say it was a good a, a good pick at the time. Um, Julio Jones hit, and I still think it was overpaid. I still think it it was a a, a bad deal for the team at the time. Uh, based on what they needed. Um, but um, I wasn't thrilled with the Kyle Pitts pick, but, you know, in hindsight, okay. It, you know, he was really good. And, and Jeremy comes in and says, uh, isn't drafting Kyle Pitts the same as Quentin Nelson? Get the guy who looks like the sure thing, uh, regardless of positional value. To me, a little bit. It's just, I think with Pitts, his versatility, he's basically a big wide receiver. He's a big receiver. You can call him a tight end, but he is a big pass catcher. Whether you want to call him a tight end, or you want to call him a you know a wide receiver? To me, he is a big pass catcher that will put up big ca pass catcher numbers. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Um, you can look at it in a number of ways. From his alignment, he had a lot of boundary snaps last year. He had a lot of big slot snaps last year as well, as much as his inline um, snaps and uh, EPA per play. He his EPA outranked uh, Devonta Smith last year, who was a wide receiver. So he's essentially just you know call it a pass catcher. You're not getting the same thing with Quentin Nelson here. Um, with the Colts. Now, if he played right tackle or left tackle, which honestly, I'm surprised they didn't try that for him. Uh, I don't know, maybe because he's just good there compared to elite at left guard. I don't know. Um, but um, Kyle Pitts, I think, is more so just pass catcher. If you want to call him an X, you want to call him a tight end. And it's kind of the same thing with uh, Micah Parsons. And uh, I was out on Micah Parsons because of the all the alleged I guess we'll just call them assaults and harassment with his teammates at Penn State. Is it even was, alleged at this alleged at this time, or I mean, that was pretty much fact, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. That was enough for me. It's like you know, that's uh, concerning. Maybe he was just a guy, but from where I sit, I can't personally interview him and interview his high school coaches, so uh, I'm out. But uh, I said it last year in the draft process. Micah Parsons, best edge rusher slash pass rusher in the class. Looks like that might be true. Um, <laughs> and uh, the fact that he's a linebacker, but really. He's where he gets his elite value is as a pass rusher. Um, so it's kind of the same thing there with uh, Parsons. So you don't really have that movement, uh, positional fluid fluidity um, with Quentin Nelson as you do as a Kyle Pitts or a Micah Parsons, where they get even more value 
doing elite things or playing in a, a spots where elite playmakers play. Right. I, I agree. The The one difference here as far as production and yards would be the running back yeah. um, just because of the the lifespan, which is why Debo Samuel says, do not play me at running back anymore. I'm seeing what these wide receivers are being paid and I'm not taking the beating anymore. Uh, Makey Fumble comes in. He says, not understanding how London won't hit. And then he answers his own question. <laughs> uh, if he has 1,000 yards and five, five touchdowns, that's considered a hit. What if he doesn't? What if it's 400 yards and two touchdowns because he can't get off coverage? Uh, what if he realizes that the, those, all those contested catches were because he couldn't get open and get separation, and he's playing against a higher level of cornerback, and he's not able to make that same transition? Those are all the what ifs. Uh, but I, you know, I agree with you, though. I think you know, I, I have all the hopes in the world that he should be a hit. So mm -hmm. that's why I said um, um, those are how I will judge it. If Kyle Hamilton or Kyle Hamilton, I will judge that pick in hindsight on Drake London and Drake London first, and then I'll move yeah. on to Kyle Hamilton because that was the guy. And I'm not going to I'm not going to look down the line. It's going to be fairly easy to find guys who say, oh, we should have taken that guy. The guy mm -hmm. I wanted in that pick was Kyle Hamilton. So that's how I will judge what I said at the time and not, you know, change it back with hindsight. Yeah, absolutely. And that would be a hit this year, uh, all things considered. Um, so we'll see. He's also exceptionally young, which there is a little bit more, both those guys, honestly, Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Kyle Pitts is still 21. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he started, he started the NFL as a 20 year old. What is he? Three, four years younger than uh, Kenny Pickett <laughs> coming out here. So that's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, well, gonna... Richie Grant, I think is, is, uh, is 26. 25 you know, Richie, Richie Grant's 25 years old you know yeah. so it's it's you know you're you're not talking about a a baby face kid out there as your second round pick you're talking about a safety who's a 25 year old grown man who you think should be able to make the the transition there yeah 100%. a little faster and hopefully he does this year yeah hopefully he does uh we'll see but I'm excited I think I have a a little bit older too but transferring from Temple to the Falcons but He's got juice, so I don't even care. Also, second round pick. We're talking a little bit of difference there at a value. Richie turns twenty. Richie turns twenty five in uh, November, so he'll he will turn twenty five yeah. this year. Um, I, I went back to this in order to go back to the the two thousand eighteen. So we talked a little bit of this past draft with with Drake London, and the um the regrade and redraft from Bleacher Report had the Falcons passing on Calvin Ridley. Um, but they ended up, uh, Calvin Ridley still went in the first round. He went to, uh, Baltimore at the end. And their reasoning was in 2020 with his 12, you know, 1200 yard, nine touchdown season, that could have been enough to put Baltimore over the top and win mm -hmm. a Super Bowl. And we don't mind spending a 32 with a Super Bowl ring to show for it. Um, so right. that was, uh, that makes sense. Now the Falcons, I can't find the stupid article. Um, I've been scrolling down here trying to find it. I'll find it here real quick. Um, I honestly, it, it was Josh Sweat was who they took. Mm -hmm. um, Josh Sweat has been okay. It just seems like you could, with the benefit of hindsight, since what this is, you could probably, Josh Sweat's an edge from Florida State. Uh, it seems like with the benefit of hindsight, you should be able to do better than Josh Sweat at 26. Yeah, it might speak more to the uh, the draft class itself. Also picking at 26, positional value. Josh Sweat has been pretty good uh, for the Eagles. He fell because of a knee concern, if I'm not mistaken. Um, in yeah, that he draft. was a fourth-round pick, and he got an extension already. He uh, he yeah. got a he got a, a $40 million extension. But, you know, we're also talking about the them 
the Broncos staying at number five with Bradley Chubb, who has been underwhelming to, so to speak. So I'm like, really, that's the, the best you could do at five, you know, with, with hindsight, but a lot of it was, and it, it kind of went back and forth the article because a lot of it was, there's more there, there. They, they picked up his option because they think, you know, there's still hope for this. The way so I'm like, well, I've got four years of hindsight. I don't need hope. I want production. I, I yeah. want the guy that's already proven it. Yeah. Ray coming in. Say what's up, guys. Good morning, Ray. Appreciate you being here. And uh, I, I did like uh, Richie Grant. The Richie Grant pick is uh, make you fumble comes in and says, uh, Richie Grant is a pick I didn't like based off his age, 25 in his second year. I didn't know that. Um, I watched him. I watched him a little bit at UCF and I watched him a lot at the Senior Bowl. And I liked what I saw. Obviously, the Falcons did too. Uh, they've drafted a lot of guys from the Senior Bowl. Um, but he's he needs to take a monumental second year leap. He really does. That was a that was a high pick on a position of need with a chance to come in and play and play early. And he didn't he didn't take the reins. That uh, was a little disappointing. Things weren't really set up for him to succeed either. I mean, granted, if you're a good enough player, you should still succeed. Um, and also seeing, you know, Javon Holland, who already looks like a top five, 10 safety go just before Richie Grant. Um, definitely a, a shot in the heart for the Falcons. But last year, Richie Grant's plus coming into the draft was he was really good at taking the ball away. But as everybody knows, secondary players don't really get a chance on the football if your pass rush is not very good. The Falcons pass rush was less than not very good. Um, furthermore, the, he was, he struggled with, you know, coming down, filling gaps as a tackler last, uh, in college, at least in my opinion, a lot of missed tackles, a lot of bad form guys getting off of him. Uh, you can protect him with interior defensive line with linebackers, a little bit more size and length. That's not what the Falcons had the exact opposite. So he was having to come down and, uh, fill a bit more than you'd hope granted in today's NFL, the two high safety shells and a lot of, uh, lighter boxes, your safeties do need to be able to come downhill and tackle. So that's a little bit of a concern uh, for him. But either way, we'll see what this year looks like. Hopefully it'll be better uh, for his sake, for the Falcons' sake. And with a little bit better pass rush juice up front, I'm thinking that'll be the case. Yeah, and uh, you know, going back to um going back to the the players that were available, you know, if I'm looking at edge, I almost would have rather had Sam Hubbard mm, um at edge than than Josh Sweat. And he went in a redraft 31 to the New England Patriots. Um I put five stars on Sam Hubbard when he was coming out of high school. He actually played safety, and uh, I saw Greg Dulcich get mentioned in here. A Greg Dulcich role as a jumbo athlete tight end, um, wide receiver, just big athlete. And I'm like, you know who this guy reminds me of? Because he was a, a really, really good lacrosse player also uh, with that kind of athleticism and stamina. I'm like, the guy reminds me of Patrick Kearney who came out of the University of Virginia and Falcons fans should remember him dearly actually played up there with uh, in your neck of the woods. You might not have been there yet, but Patrick Kearney played uh, when his contract was up, he left and played for the Seahawks. Um, but a high pick out of Virginia, great defensive end. I probably would rather have Sam Hubbard over Josh sweat. Yeah. I don't have a strong opinion on that one. I think Josh sweats probably a little bit better of a pure uh, edge rusher a pass rusher where Sam Hubbard, I think offers a little bit more versatility in your simulated pressure where I think he's really, he's really good against the run, but I also really like him uh, dropping into space and uh, doing a little stuff there. So if you're looking for more, God, what's the word I'm looking for? Amagus? That's wrong. Like stuff you can do up front where you don't know who's coming and going. Um, You can do that, but 
heck, I'm excited to see what Lorenzo Carter can do in that kind of role for you guys this year anyway. So yeah, Lorenzo Carter was another five star guy coming out. Like I said, he bounced around like a uh, he bounced around like a pogo stick in high school. He was I think he was at he was up in this neck of the woods. For some reason, I think he was at Norcross. I don't think he was at Peachtree Ridge, um, but right up here, uh, you know, Georgia kid went to Georgia. Yep. Uh, was on. Uh, we ran a show at the time. It was fun. Uh, Border Wars was uh, ran uh, Countdown to Sunny Day on Fox. He was on that too. So lots of fun. Uh, Ray, so what do you think about the guy from the CFL? Ray, I don't know. I don't. I don't know him. Um, who you're Who you're speaking of? I, I haven't followed that part of it that closely. So I apologize. Maybe he's um, talking about Brendan Langley, who got in that fight, uh, who plays in the CFL as a wide oh, receiver. I do know that. If that's what we're talking about, um, probably not. But if that's who we're talking about, then uh, then I uh, I would back him on that. From what I saw, I thought he handled himself with the utmost control and could have done a lot more damage to that person. If you haven't seen the security guy, <laughs> the guy we took. Um, was he an undrafted free agent? You know, I don't, I don't know, you know, who was just, I don't, I don't know who that is. So apologies. Uh, but Langley, Langley was interesting. That's for sure. Uh, and yes, Kearney was a great end. He, uh, again, when you, when you've, when you got a guy that's coming off, who's like an all American lacrosse player who Jim Brown was, by the way, you're talking fourth quarter motor. You're talking a guy that's not going to get tired. Um, you know, I say you can pick up different things from, uh, different sports, uh, football, for um, I like soccer and basketball and lacrosse has gotten bigger in this with footwork and, and, and endurance are really good crossovers for those into other sports. So um, Sam Hubbard was a lacrosse guy and yeah. uh, uh, I, uh, I was a, was a big fan of his. Great show guys. Uh, bring Jones over to the Broncos. We need linebackers. So this is an interesting comment here um, from Ethan over the DW guys, DWI guys. Thank you so much for the 25. Uh, super going on here. Oh, you can see my closet there. Whoop. Um, uh, but definitely, it's definitely possible. Uh, the Broncos maybe could bring in a linebacker like a Deion Jones. That being said, I'm curious if you can play ball, you can play ball. Um, but Deion Jones is a reason he fell to the second round. And there's a reason that he might be available. It's because the way the game is going right now, you need a little bit of some, uh, some lengthy boys <laughs> at the uh, linebacker position for uh, standing up there. So um, Scott, I tried to help you out there. Um, but Ethan coming in and saying, bring uh, Deion Jones over. I put it up in the uh, share screen, but I can't put it up myself here. There was a rumor over on uh, The Athletic, um, on an Athletic article. Uh, Deion Jones' departure from the Falcons is likely imminent per Athletic NFL. And the article is here on, by uh, Schultz saying uh, why the Deion Jones exit is uh, likely about to happen. So uh, we talked about it a bit ago, the June 1st stuff going on. It sounds like with based on this article on The Athletic, uh, Falcons beat writer Schultz, on the athletic, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's this Sh- week. Jeff Schultz. Um, yep, Jeff he's Schultz. been he was a columnist at first, and he was a little edgy. Um, when back when columnists were the the bee's knees in the newspaper yeah. business, and uh, does a good job with the uh, with the athletic for the Falcons. Um, so, so if he's saying it. There's some weight to it. Yeah, well, I think there is too. Um, yeah. I think you know after June first, again, why not now? <laughs> you know. Um, after June 1st, you can split it and it would only be a 10 million cap hit for the next two years. Um, but it just, uh, you know, if you're, you're, you're eating so much of it now, just go ahead and eat the rest of it. But uh, yeah. um, again, bad contract, a $20 million linebacker who who's up there getting $20 million. They're making more of an impact than, uh, 
than uh, than Deion Jones right now. Deion Jones is good. Don't get me wrong. He was a lot of fun yeah. to watch. Uh, speed, you know, speed at the linebacker position made a ton of plays, but you know that was still a bad contract. And then and then in this scheme or for whatever he is, uh, he, he fell off dramatic pretty dramatically last year. Yep. We'll see. I mean, that's also kind of the reality of linebackers too. They are the running backs of the defense and uh, take a lot of uh, punishment um, just to banging their heads coming downhill. So we'll see how it plays out um, for Deion Jones being moved on from. Hopefully the Falcons can get, you know, we talked about earlier, would you rather have Casey Hayward or a fourth round pick? Maybe you can get a fourth round pick, eat a little bit of money and uh, trade Deion Jones, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, there are some folks going uh, coming in here saying, I saw the Brendan Langley venue. Why does an employee look like the Weight Watchers? Um, I don't BJ know. Cowley. BJ um, Cowley. <laughs> but, you know, I the guy asked, I don't know. At that point, Jeremy, I almost felt like he was like apologizing almost. Like I didn't mean for it to, it, it almost looked to me like he was trying, then trying to get rid of it because, uh, like I said, Brendan Langley, he kept under control. The whole he was perfectly under control. He's like a boxer almost. I mean, he was under control. I don't. I've been in a few scraps. I mean, I see red. I'm gone. You know. You know. I. It's one of the reasons actually. I stopped watching hockey. You know, there these guys are. A guy got in trouble for using a you know bad language. You know, he says, "Oh, he used a racial slur during a fight." I'm like, "Have you ever been in a fight? You know, you can you speak in tongues. You know, I'm more worried about the guy trying to knock my teeth out with his stick and his gloves than." you know, insulting my heritage so much. I'm like, you can't have politically correct barbarians. Clean it all up. Uh, the hypocrisy bothered me. So I thought Brendan Langley handled himself fantastically uh, in this in this uh, little encounter. All things considered. <laughs> from Absolutely. what we saw. Yeah, yeah from yeah, what yeah. we saw. We don't know how the whole thing started uh, from what we saw. Yeah, for sure. Uh, on that note, we're going to have to get ourselves out of here. Um, wanted to thank DWI guys for coming in. Our super on the day, uh, helping to push the show forward. Um, again, check us out on on where you, where you happen to get your pods. Um, Apple Pods, Google Pods. I couldn't find it on Prime yet, um, but I know we're on Spotify and we're on Spreaker as well. Forging the Falcons. I'll put a link in the description on YouTube. Uh, and we will be sharing this here as an audio after the fact. Uh, gonna if you're a you know Broncos fan or want to talk some some more football, head on over to Mile High Huddle right now. We're going to do um, beckoning the Broncos in ten mm -hmm. minutes, and then uh, Mile High Huddle, the Huddle Up Pod, will be live on what time? Eight o'clock Eastern. Yeah. So, yeah. and then Nick and I will be back tomorrow for Broncos for the breakfast. I might be a shade late, Nick, just because uh, my daughter's finishing fifth grade tomorrow, that's but that's 8.30 to 9.30, so I should be able to, to cruise on in a couple minutes late. Okay, well, I will hold down the fourth there, and uh, we'll have a good time, and uh, everyone, keep doing your anti-rain dances for me for this weekend, and uh, I know that this isn't how I like, or I don't typically close out Forging the Falcons, but I do want to reemphasize what I like to say on all the shows, given what's going on right now, uh, choose kindness and choose compassion. A lot of things are charged right now, but uh, the main thing is that we are going through another senseless tragedy um but uh number one thing just keep thinking about how am i helping and uh, am i being kind am i being compassionate um yeah and what, our... what can i do differently be kind you know, what like i don't i don't have all the answers in that i don't know yeah you know i it's don't okay know what know. the answers are i really don't yeah. um but something something's got to change for sure uh several things have to change for sure yeah. 
Yep. Um, did you miss the sponsor again? Uh, you know, why don't we close out with a sponsor here? Um, she is uh, Ryan Kennedy, Ryan Kennedy Homes, um, handling North Metro and actually a little farther out in Atlanta. She's uh, actually closing on a schedule to close on a house in Jasper. So if you're in the Metro Atlanta area and looking for a second home, looking to move your home, check out RyanKennedyHomes.com. Phone number is there too. And uh, these days you have to have an agent if you want to, to try and get into a new house because they're not even hitting the markets these days. So all the agents are talking amongst each other. I got a client that's listing their house. I've got this going on. So um, you, you, you really are going to want to work with an agent if you, if you want to try and get into this area or change places in this area. Check out Ryan Kennedy Homes. Uh, you won't be disappointed, I promise. On that note, Nick, going to have to uh, get out of here, and we will see you next week on Forging the Falcons. To everybody else, thanks for being here, and we'll see you soon.